Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you who are joining us online. We're glad that you're with us this morning. Beautiful, crispy morning. World Cup morning. I'm glad you raised that up, Mo. First game of the World Cup is being played right now. Something's afoot. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Every four years, the World Cup comes along, and, and I always cheer for England. And uh, it's one of those things, you know, I just pray they're out early so they don't build up your anticipation that maybe, maybe this time. I got an echo going on up here. Can you hear it? A little bit? Yeah. Sounds like it's coming from behind me. I don't know. It's the Holy Spirit. Well, this morning we are we're going to delve into Ephesians chapter 3. We're in a series called Living by the Spirit. And Ephesians is a great passage of Scripture to, to read through if you're learning to live by the Spirit. If you're learning to walk the walk that Jesus has for you. It's a letter that Paul wrote to a church. It's not written to an individual. So it's perfect. It was written to the Gentiles, as we'll see this morning. And chapter 3, I know I say this all the time. It's not my favorite chapter, (laughs) but it's awesome. (laughs) It's a really, really great passage of Scripture. I hope some of you took some time to read it earlier this week. Um, The core passage of the Scripture, or the part that I like, I like all of it, but is a prayer that, that Paul prays for the Ephesian church. It's the second prayer in this book of Ephesians. There's one in chapter 1 and then there's one here in chapter 3. So, it begins with the word soul, which makes no sense. So, sorry, it doesn't. It begins with the word, when I think of all this, when you think of all what. So, we're going to go back to chapter 2, read the last part of chapter 2 to put it into context, okay? So, we're going to begin chapter 2, verse 19. I'm, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And that begins with a soul, but we could keep going back. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through Him... You Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles. Now, at this point, if, if you don't read into this properly, Paul takes a detour. He says, when I think about the, all of this, I, Paul, prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles... And then he goes off on this thought, and if you go down to verse 14, if you've got your Bibles, you'll see that the beginning of verse 14 is the same as the beginning of verse 1, when I think of all this. So Paul puts this there, and then he goes off on this tangent, and then he loops back around again. So when when I think of all this, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. 
As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by His Spirit, He has revealed it to His holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am least, I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain it to everyone. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. Now, you could tell by the way I read that. I kind of read it with a little bit of an emphasis. You know, as you read through there, you could come to the impression that Paul's kind of puffing himself up a little bit. You lucky Gentiles. This stuff has been secret. This, this has been a mystery. Not even the prophets of days of old knew this stuff. But I, I have been given this information so that I can bless you. And, and you could kind of think, well, this is a little bit self-aggrandizing of, of Paul. You know, God's revealed his secret to me. So I can tell you. But that could not be further from the truth. Let me explain. As he says in, in the first part, Paul is a prisoner as he writes this. And the reason that he is in prison is because he has fallen afoul of his countrymen. Why were they so upset with him? Because he shared the good news of Jesus Christ with the Gentiles. So there's two things going on here. The Jewish people knew from the Old Testament that God intended to bless the Gentiles. He said to Abraham, you will be a blessing to all peoples. So it was kind of in their head, we're, we're God's special people, but through us, God is going to bless all mankind. So even the Gentiles are going to be blessed, but not on the same level that we are. We're the special ones. And then Paul starts this, this whole thing like, no, no. The Gentiles are going to be equal to the Jewish people, which upsets the Jewish people. And then when you add to that, there's another little twist. There was sort of an evolution of faith going on here. When Jesus came, Jesus came as the Messiah of the Jewish people. That's who he was. That's, he, he even taught that. I have come for the Jewish people. When he told his disciples to go out, who did he say? Don't go to anybody else. Go to the Jewish people. So even the new Christians kind of had this mentality to a certain degree that the Jewish people are the chosen people. We no longer get to God by obedience to the law. We get to God through our faith in Jesus Christ as long as we're Jewish. And then... As this teaching unfolds, this mystery, it's revealed, no, that's not the case. You got part of the story, right? Yes, it's through Jesus Christ, but it's for everyone. So they, they didn't like this. So they actually started a riot. And, and th there's a long story. I don't want to get into it all. But Paul ends up in prison for preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. 
And what's interesting is this, that Paul starts that I am a prisoner of Christ Jesus. So he's in a Roman prison. He's in there because of the Jewish people, but he considers himself to be a prisoner of Christ Jesus. You heard the saying, you can't get out from under that? Do we have that saying? Good. Sometimes I don't know what's mine and what's yours. But it's usually used in a negative sense, you know, like a debt or something. I can't get out from under that. It's just, oof. Paul can't get out from under his experience with Christ. Paul, even before Paul was knocked off his feet by Jesus, he was always gung-ho for God. You know, we talk about Paul as, oh, he was the one that was persecuting the church. He was gung-ho for God. He saw something that he thought was irreligious. He saw this group of people, these Christians, and, and there's only one God. And who's this Jesus guy to say that he's God and why are they following him? We've got to stamp this out. This is evil. So he was passionate about God. So even when he was persecuting the church, he was persecuting the church because he believed it was the right thing to do. It wasn't an arrogant thing on his behalf. And then we all know the story. He's out on the road one day, and, and boom, this bright light comes, knocks him off his feet. He can't see, and Jesus speaks to him and says, why are you persecuting me, Paul? And he's like, who are you? I'm Jesus. And Jesus goes on to tell him, you are going to be my spokesperson to the Gentiles. Oh, and guess what, Paul? You're going to suffer for it. He takes on this mission. You know, When you experience God in a manner like that, when you experience Christ in a manner like that, knocks you off your feet, he was blind for three days, that will change your life. That will change the direction of your life. That will change the passion of your life. And, and, and Paul talks about these sufferings in his letters. He talks about being beaten, being starved, being stoned, being rejected, being imprisoned. And none of it stops him doesn't even slow him down. <laughs> you know, they put him in prison. Probably the most powerful writings that we have in the New Testament are Paul's letters that he wrote while he was in prison. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I mean, to me, those are the, those are the biggies along with Romans. Romans wasn't written while he was in prison. But he didn't care what happened to him physically. It couldn't stop him. He couldn't get out from under Jesus. It's driving his life. And, and, you know, the greater your encounter with Jesus, the greater your response to Christ. You know, when, when Jesus does something for you, I don't know what your prayer life is like, but I know most people and mine, it's mostly asking God to do things. Would you fix this? Would you fix that? Would you do that? that, that? And, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says that we're to ask. And, and when you see God do something for you, that changes you a little bit. But when Jesus does something to you, that's a whole different thing. And then when Jesus does something through you, that's like, wow. You, you got a whole different thing going on here. This is different levels of, woohoo, Jesus, Jesus. You know, very few people have experienced what Paul did. But we all need an encounter with Christ. 
We all need an encounter with Christ, not just a passive encounter, not just a, hey, God, you know, can you fix my sister's husband's brother's uncle who stubbed his toe yesterday? We need an encounter with Christ that is life-changing. I mean, we got we to gotta pray some active, some scary prayers. God, would you use me? Would you take me out of my comfort zone? Would you do something in my life through me, to me, that shakes me up and scares me? Ooh, don't want to pray that. But that'll change you. Use me beyond me, please, Christ. So Paul is telling them, I am God's instrument to reveal to you his plan from the get-go. This was his plan all along, all through time. And the fullness of this plan hadn't been revealed before, but now it's been revealed. It was revealed to me, and it was revealed to the apostles, and I'm telling you. We've got the New Testament now. They didn't have the New Testament. They just had the Old Testament. That was the Bible. That was their scriptures. Now, hindsight is 2020, right? We've got the news. We've, we've got what he's talking about. And then he, he says something really interesting, verse 6. And he says, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. We are one in Christ Jesus. Back down to verse 10. This is, this is kind of interesting. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now, think about that. Have you ever caught that before? That it was God's plan to use the church, us, to reveal to those in the heavenly realms, the invisible, his plan. And, and what Paul is saying there is that there's a bunch of angels, there's a bunch of, of, of the spirits that, that we can't see. They're all scratching their head thinking, what was God thinking? Seriously, then? They're his chosen people? And he's making them all one? It's like, wow. This, the, the power of oneness. Last week I talk, called the service one. The power of us unified in Christ Jesus is so astounding that even the angels are like, wow, who would have thought we could get them all together? This is crazy. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Not only are we one as a people, we are one with God. You see, up to this point, if you wanted to get to God, you had to go talk to the priest. You had to go talk to the holy man, and he would offer sacrifices. He would offer prayers on your behalf. You, me, we didn't have access. There was a big curtain in the temple that separated the holy of holies, the place where God was, from the other people, aka you and I. And when Jesus died on the cross, do you remember what happened? That curtain was ripped from bottom to top. It was God saying, you don't need this anymore. You have a new mediator now. His name is Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, you have access to the Father. 
Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. And now he goes back to his original thought. Now, to get his original thought, I'm going to go back to chapter 2. I'm going to read that last bit again, and then we're going to jump into chapter 14 again, all right? Sorry, just doing that because it gives the context. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. When Paul thinks about this incredible oneness that we've been invited to, his response is to drop to his knees and to call out to God. He's passionate about these people. He's passionate about his role in their lives. When I think about this, I fall to my knees. Do you ever pray for people? Anyone ever pray for people? I think most people pray for people. But what kind of prayers are they? Are they big prayers? Are they little prayers? Are they desperate prayers? Quick prayers? Prayers come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? Depending on the heat of the situation. The hotter the situation gets, the, the more voluminous the prayers get, and the more heartfelt maybe the, the prayers get. This prayer is a big prayer. Not in, in, in the length of the prayer, but in the content of the prayer. This is a great prayer to pray. You want to pray for someone, pray this prayer. So Paul is explaining to these Gentiles who they are and what they have through Jesus. He says, you are now one together. You are now one with him. And look what happens when that happens. You share the rich blessings that are available to God's people. I'm going to pray his blessings. I'm going to name some of them for you. He says, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So just take in the words. His glorious, unlimited resources. You ever get into the thing at school, my dad's bigger than your dad? My dad's bigger than your dad. <laughs> Imagine if your dad had glorious, unlimited resources. How would that change you when you were at school? How would that change the way you relate to people and, you know, you get into these tough situations, bullying or whatever else? You've not met my dad, have you? Glorious, unlimited resources. When you think about God, think big. Think massive. When you're praying for God's activity in your life and in the lives of others, think big. Think massive. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you. He will give you power. Jesus told his disciples, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. 
That's his plan. Each and every person who has asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. You got the power. You know, turn to someone and say, I got the power. That didn't sound very powerful. Turn to someone and say, I got the power. You do. Don't be ashamed of it. This is living by the Spirit. It's inner strength. Inner strength. Inner strength is attractive. You know, I've talked about this before. Peach people versus coconut people. If we go to the next slide. There we go. Coconut people are those people. You, you meet them. They're kind of gruff. Hard on the outside. But there's nothing on the inside. There's no core to them. Peach people are warm and fuzzy. Peaches are kind of nice, aren't they? But a rock-solid core, a rock-solid conviction inside of them. Coconut people, when the going gets tough, they get going. They're gone. If the relationship needs some work, some real work, if things are tough in the relationship, they're not sticking it out. They're not working through it. They're gone. I have to put up this. Off they go. Peach people are, are, are soft, but they're, they're solid in the core. The inner strength, because of the conviction that they have, it's not unshakable. We all get shaken up but it's unbreakable. Peach people are the best. Warm, sweet, soft, approachable, but rock solid in their convictions. Coconut people are hard and hairy. <laughs> it might take a few bangs, but eventually it just... Whoosh. Peach people, solid in the core. Now, where does the power come from? The Spirit, the power comes from the Spirit. When you have a conviction, a power in your core from the Lord, from His Spirit within you, whoa, that is power indeed. That will see you through the storm. That will drive you onward. Satan will not want to be around you. Do you know what Satan likes? Coconut milk. He likes to be around people that talk up a conviction. They're all, but under the pressure, they crack coconut milk. He doesn't like peaches. He leaves peaches alone. He looks for a coconut. So what are you? Are you a coconut person or are you a peachy person? I want to be a peachy person, but sometimes I'm a bit of a coconut. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. So there's a process going on. You ever been invited to someone's home? And then when you get there, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, okay, people have experienced that. It's, it's, sometimes it's because, you know, you, you get there and it's like they weren't ready for you. Oh, I didn't think you'd be here for another half an hour. And they're, and they're not ready for you. And it's like, what is it that's making them uncomfortable? Do they have to hide some things or turn some things around, turn off the TV, change the channel? You know, what's, what's the deal here? You can just feel that they're, they're uncomfortable. And I was thinking about this. What if Jesus showed up at your house this afternoon? Out of the blue, 
and said, can I come in and live here? How much notice would you want? Oh, I just need to do this. I just need to do that. I just <laughs> what, if, what if he said, I- I'm coming to live in your life? Uh, let's start with the phone. Give me your phone, please. Ooh, give me five minutes, Jesus. Just do a little cleanup work on there, and then I can give you the phone. But here's the thing. It's a process, and this is what Paul is talking about. It's, it's, like, it's like babies, right? Newborn baby, all it does is feed me, feed me, change me, feed me, change me, feed me, change me. I need some sleep. Feed me, change me, feed me, change me. And then at some point they start wriggling a little bit, and then you know everybody's oh look, it can roll over. <laughs> Love children. And then it's what do you call that when they scooch along the ground? Now before the crawl. Scooch is a good word. There you go. It's a Texan word, scooch. And then the crawl, and then they're climbing up on stuff. Then the next thing, they're taking the first step, and they're toddling, and then they're running. It's the same in our spiritual life. Oh, what did I say wrong? (laughs) Then they don't stop, yeah. (laughs) And then they run out the door, and unfortunately, they run back again. But... (laughs) That great big bungee cord. (laughs) Spiritually, it's the same, though. I think sometimes we do people a disservice. Um, We expect them to to run on day one. And it's difficult for a a pastor, you know, because when I preach, I'm preaching to everybody, right? So there might be people in here who are pretty new in their faith. There are people that have been in their faith for a long time, and we're all at different levels. And Paul here is really talking to these these Gentiles about this process, as you learn to trust Christ, He will come up and set residence in your heart. And you won't be worried about all of this stuff that you think you need to hide. Because He already knows about that stuff. And He's setting up residence to make you better. As I pray from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ, so they got then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. As you learn who he is, how he feels about you, as you learn about his love for you, you will grow strong and love is what keeps us strong. I think of the image of a tree in a storm. You know, we get some pretty bad storms here, don't we? And, um, and I think Florida, you know, hurricanes. And you see those storms coming and the trees are just... They're just... But if you've got good, strong, deep roots... If they go down deep into God's love, you know, that storm comes along, the bark might get stripped off. All the leaves might get stripped off. But if, that, if those roots are deep in Christ's love, it's going to continue to feed you. That stuff is going to come back again. There will be a rebirth. There will be a renewal. There will be new growth. I, I, I called this sermon Rooted. Because that's what it's about, being rooted in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We must be rooted. We must be grounded in His love. That's power. That's inner strength. He continues. 
And may you have the power to understand. Power again. As all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. You know, when you think about this, absolutely no one is outside the reach of God's love. Think about that for a minute. Because there are people that sometimes we think, no, not that one. Can't be. Too sick. Too bad. Too evil. There is no one or no place that is outside of the reach of God's love. In your worst moment in life, God's love was with you. In your most desperate moment in life, God's love was with you. You may not have felt it, you may not have even known it, but it was with you at your very best moment in life. God's love was with you. Paul carries on, he says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Uh, So what Paul is saying is that this love is so huge and so big that we can't fathom it, but the only way that you can begin to fathom it is by experiencing it. Some things you just have to experience. Uh, You can't learn to swim from a book, can you? You couldn't go to a study on on swimming or watch a video on swimming or read a book on swimming and then jump in the water and swim. The only way that you can learn to swim is in the water. And Paul is saying that the only way that you can experience God's love is when you're in with God doing God's stuff. And that's why James says, don't merely read the word and so fool yourself. Do what it says. Paul continues on, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Again, look at these words. You will be made complete. Anyone want to be complete? That's a good thing, isn't it? I want to be whole. I want to be complete. Fullness of life, experiencing life to the absolute riches. I had a weird experience. (laughs) COVID. Last time I got COVID, you hear all these people that lose their taste and lose their smell, especially when it first came out. Remember that? We know quite a few people here that experienced that. So I hate to tell you this because I am God's favorite. (laughs) So the last bout of COVID... My smell and my taste were enhanced. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing. Everything smelled fantastic. Everything tasted. It's like, keep me away from the food. (laughs) It only lasted about a day. But it was like, oh my, everything. And it was, to me, it was like a little, this is what it's going to be like, isn't it, God? Everything that we experience is going to be so much better than we could imagine it to be. His love. To know His love, you have to experience His love. And to experience His love, you have to be where He is and do what He does. You have to step out of the comfort zone into the God zone. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, this is life. Life to the full. Made complete the fullness of life and power. 
That's living by the Spirit, stepping out in faith, going for it. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. And then he finishes up with the grand finale. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, he, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now, many people have read that. He's able to do infinitely more than we might ask or think according to his power at work in us. This is in us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So as I read that, and I challenge myself, I think, am I asking enough? Are my prayers big enough? Are they bold enough? If God is able to do through the work that's going on within me, more than I can even ask for or even think of, how big is that? You know, I asked this question the other day. Somebody said parable. If you knew God would give you anything right now, what would you ask him for? I know what I would ask him for. I would ask him for the people that I love, for my family members to be in his kingdom when I get there. That's the most important treasure to me. That's what I would be asking. I want to make sure my kids are there. I want to make sure my grandkids are there. My sisters and my brothers and brothers-in-law and their families. Father, if, if, if anything... I want that. And the next thing I would say is, God, would you use me? Would you use me? Would you empower me to have those conversations with that neighbor, that pesky neighbor? Give me the courage. Be the person that you've called me to be and do the things you've called me to do. Infinitely more than we can ask or think. I'm glad, you know, in Romans 8 it says that we don't even know what we ought to pray for. But God's Spirit, this very Spirit that's at work within us, is praying on our behalf with groans that we cannot understand. Right now, God's Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf for you because you don't know what to pray. It's, it's an incredible thing. We have a big God. We need to live big God lives. You know, this Christmas season, <laughs> Christmas Day is a Sunday. We're going to have a birthday party for Jesus. If you were bringing something for Jesus on his birthday, what would you bring him? Something to think about. Something to pray about. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you for Paul's wonderful prayer in this epistle, this letter. And he's praying for the Gentiles. He's praying for us, most of us. And he's talking about how big and how wonderful you are, how deep your love is, how unimaginably huge your love is and the power that is in us through the Spirit if we would just live by the Spirit to experience life at a whole different level. Father, I ask that you would fill us so that there is no room for me, no room for us in there. It's all you, that it would squeeze out the us-ness that gets in the way. Fill us so much with your power that there is no room for our weakness. Fill us so much with your love that there is no room for our doubt. Fill us so much with a passion for you that it eradicates our fear to serve you. May we know how deep, how wide, how long how powerful your love is so that we would be rooted in that love and we can share that love with everybody who comes into our path. Amen. Well, it's the season. Next week is the first week of Advent. If you don't know what Advent is, it's the four weeks that lead up to Christmas and uh, it's, a, it's an old church tradition. Advent means waiting. We're waiting for something good to happen. We're waiting for Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And that begins next Sunday. It's the beginning of Advent. You see our, our living nativity set up out there? Oh, I left the sign-up sheet down in the... I have a blank sign-up sheet right here. <laughs> Some of these have already been filled in. I'm going to ask you to be part of this. I need some Josephs. I need some Marys. I don't want to be in the starring role. All you got to do is stand there. All you got to do is stand there, especially some young people, some young Josephs and young Marys because they were young people. But that's our Christmas card to the community out there. That's letting them know what Christmas is really about. You know, society is trying to eradicate Christmas. It's the holidays, right? I don't have issue with the word holidays. You know, I've, I've said this before. The word holiday comes from holy days. <laughs> so you got it coming or going, folks. <laughs> it is the holy days. And then Thanksgiving this Thursday. Gosh, we got, is David here? He's probably out there sorting out food. He's cooking, right? 35? I got 39. I got 37. Do I hear 36? 36. Hector, could you come on up here? <laughs> Over 30. Where are they going to be? In the foyer? Everybody sign the thanks giveaway. Yep. Awesome. Right. And then we're going to sort food out this afternoon. Box it up. What time are we doing that? Four o'clock. So if people can come up at four. If you're available at four, that would be awesome. Is there a Cowboys game today? What time? <laughs> ah, now we'll see, won't we? I'm in for you, Jesus. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah. 
If you can be up here at 4 o'clock and just help us to box those up. We want as many people as possible. We're going to do that in the room right across there. Can people still bring food? Or are we at the point where... Are you doing an inventory? People can still donate. I mean money. Yeah. Yeah, use your credit card. We'll get you later. <laughs> they can still donate. Rest of the announcements from this good man right here. Hello, hello. Here we go. Well, can the guys or guys and girls, so I don't get in trouble, whoever's helping with the taking up the offering, would you come forward? I want to pray for that, and then I'm going to give announcements. What's left of them since Mike has stole everything? But that's a discussion later with the elder meeting and everything. Okay. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. Help us to be thankful during Thanksgiving, but not just then, but the whole year round. Lord, as we give back to you a small portion of all the blessings that you give to us, let us give generally generously at this time more people need help more people need to see your love and help us to open our hearts and let that pour out from you we pray all that in jesus name amen okay we got lots of cool announcements he's went stole some of my thunder on what's coming up but how many of the people here went to the uh women's auction wasn't that a great time? Didn't Hector do really good in calling that? That was great, Hector. Thank you. But you know what? I got a little thing here, and I, I was hoping they would give this to me. The chili cook-off was great. Ten different kinds of chili, everything from, from light to, you know, hardcore Texan, okay? was great. We had three guys winning. Uh, you can see, I, I can show you this after, and it'll be out on the women's table. Oh, it's up on the deal. Here are the winners you can see on the screen behind me. Pardon me? Yeah, fixed, you know, these guys that like to cook. But anyway, thank you all for that. Did you know that we raised $2,852 for the women's ministry? Wow, isn't that a blessing? By doing that, you got some stuff. But more than that, you help women to go to a conference. You help women to go to a retreat. You furthered the name of Christ in this, this time of year when that's real uncommon. It doesn't always happen. But you know what? Y'all make it possible. This is such a loving church. We want to thank you for doing that. And women, there's another announcement for you guys. The Women's Ministry fourth quarter birthday celebration is coming up. And the Secret Sisters kickoff brunch. All you ladies, if you've never done that, it's really cool. They don't know who's giving them a present, but they're getting a present. And if you'll go over to the table over here, and let me see here. Nancy Lopez or Sue Moore will help you with that. They'll have a little table as you go out. It's right there. And if you ladies, go sign up and enjoy that. Let that bless your life. But you know what? Sometimes it's more fun to give than to receive. Be, some, be a blessing in someone else's life. 
Okay, what else? Women's ministry, thanks giveaway coming up. Please sign up for that. Sign up back there for the uh, Living Nativity. Uh, are there some guys here that worked yesterday on the Living Nativity? Had 10 people. Thank you all very much. We appreciate that. That is so cool. It brings so many people that you'd never expect to step foot on a church soil will come to see Joseph and Mary out there. And we can bless their lives. Welcome them to the, into the uh, kingdom. Thank them for coming and say, man, I hope you have a, a great Christmas. And that will mean so much to everyone. I'll tell you what, that's just about it. Why don't we stand? Okay. Light him up. We need drivers on okay. Thursday morning to deliver these foods to families. We got lots of families this year and not a lot of people to deliver, so we're a little short on that. So Thursday's Thanksgiving Day. You know how you experience the love of Christ? By sharing the love of Christ. Mm. And it's a great thing to do as a family. So what time do they need to be here? Do you know, Christy? Eight o'clock? Yeah. Ooh, eight o'clock on a holiday. Right. Wednesday night. So do you need people Wednesday night as well, or have you got that covered? All right, watch this space. We'll send out. Yes, for both. Okay. So if you can drive, if you can come to deliver... Thursday morning at 8 o'clock, and we typically leave around 8.39. Uh, you just drop, this, drop it off with a family. If you would pray with them, that would be awesome. And uh, back home by 10 o'clock. So it's a good deal, and that's how we share the love of Jesus, right? That's how we experience his love. Back to you, sir. That's Thank great. you. great. We want to be thankful this time of year, right? Have you ever been overwhelmed you say over the word overwhelmed you think immediately of work of things you have to get done of rushing around when i'm talking about overwhelmed have you ever been overwhelmed by the love of god i can i've experienced this myself before driving to work not even thinking about it i'm listening to wbap and i turn off the radio and i just start crying and i think how can i be so lucky I am so blessed. This is the time of year when you need that feeling. It's kind of like Scrooge, you know. I get it now. You know, he just got overwhelmed. He goes, if you see somebody that needs something, here, here it is. Here's a blanket. Here's, here's a $20 bill that you can go have breakfast. You know, experience God's love in your life. Become overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit that you will just... Give, and you don't have to have anything in return. But you know what? The Holy Spirit will bless your life. So let's stand. I want to give us a blessing. Okay. It's on the... Yeah.
That's right. Become overwhelmed with giving this year. Give something where somebody else doesn't have anything because there's a lot of people out there like that. I tell you what, let's pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, God bless you. Have a great day.